Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, 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 Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. We still have the possibly the coolest theme song ever. But anyway, um, I am your host, Jawan. Let me introduce my amazing panelist, Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up, Atlanta United, MLS Cup champs, baby. So uh, we, we finally broke the curse, uh, so now all of our other Atlanta and Georgia teams can hopefully stop losing big games. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Let's start with the Falcons, who aren't looking too good. Um, uh, yeah, well, their season's already over, so, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever. Might, might as well tank it up for the rest of this year, get some better draft picks, and let everyone get healthy, come back next year, have an easier schedule, and, you know, of course, we, we, we're not Super Bowl bound on the year we actually are hosting the Super Bowl, uh, but, you know, hopefully we can at least make it to the playoffs next year. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Uh, Dane, what's going on, Dane? Uh, you know, just uh, having a nice uh, time at the house. and uh, Just went out to a restaurant, had a nice uh, manicotti, some cannolis, and, uh, you know, I'm just, just trying to, like, hang out and stuff, uh, you know, maybe kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dane Corleone. Uh, Dana, what's going on, Dana? Silent is awesome. All right. Um, and we, we have uh, Joel finally deciding to call in and bracing us with his presence. What's going on, Joel? Uh, what's good? Oh, no, no, no. You don't come in late and then hit us with that. You should have done a cartwheel of an introduction, man. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even do a regular cartwheel. You're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't expect a verbal cartwheel either. I got you. Um, By the way, my explanation for Kanan's intro was uh, he was he was uh, silently assassinating somebody, beating Dane to the punch. There you <laughs> go. Um, I'll accept sure. that. Uh, <laughs> No, but Kanan is one of few words, uh, so I guess we'll just take it as that. Um, all right, anyway, let's get into our topic. Let's start with, I'm going to kick it to Nick and Dane, starting with Dane, for them to give us a non-spoiler review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Dane, take it away. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. A wonderful tale. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that the whole entire time. Screw that. <laughs> um, I was very, I'm not going to say pleasantly surprised because I thought the movie was going to be good, but I just can't believe how good this movie is. And like I said, it, it I don't, I, I more, I, it, it sucks because I, I can't, I'm trying to make sure I don't spoil anything or say too much. So I'm trying to like go around all those lines. But what I will say is that the visuals are amazing in the movie. Um, it was a lot of fun from start to finish. And I think the best way to sum this up is I said my, my top three favorite Spider-Man films have been 
At three um, was Amazing Spider-Man. At two was Spider-Man 2, the original with uh, Tobey Maguire. My number one was Homecoming. This might fight Homecoming for my favorite Spider-Man origin film. Uh, It was fun from start to finish. It's one of the best and different animated films I've seen in a very, very long time. And uh, I can't say more good things about it. Um, I will say that me and Nick went to, like, more words probably on the Facebook video. And I will be talking to animator uh, James R. Ward that worked on this. Uh, he also worked on Homecoming and, and a lot of other stuff. He does visual graphics and animation. And one of the primary things I'm looking forward to is talking specifically about the animation because it was very impressive how they took the modern 3D animation and combined it with aspects of both video games and very much comic book-driven stuff to uh, complete it. And you could see the, the fingerprints of Lord and Miller on the whole entire thing. But uh, I'll pass it to the Nick so I shut up before I tell you guys these special bonus extra special stuff that I can't talk about. Yeah, don't, don't pull a Tom Holland, Dane. Like, just, just Damn it. keep it calm. Keep it calm, and uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, like. I, I, but I, I I can empathize with Dane because I mean the movie is so awesome. Um, I mean it really like like Dane said like neither one of us were surprised, but we were still like blown away at just how good it is. I mean the task that it undertakes, both um, obviously delivering the origin story of Miles Morales on the big screen, um, plus juggling all of these other characters so seamlessly. Um, very, very, very impressive, and I think there's a lot to love about this movie. Um, the the voice acting is terrific by everybody involved. Um, Miles is, is a perfect character uh, for us to follow. You know, he's got plenty of flaws. Uh, you know, in, in essentially um, in line with the way that Stan Lee. Um, liked to write his characters. He didn't like to make these perfect characters. He liked to have his characters um, layered with flaws, and I think he would be very proud of the... I'm sure he was very proud of the of the character of Miles Morales in general, um, and I'm sure he would be proud of, of this representation. Um, speaking of Stan, his, his cameo was, was um, very heartfelt and, and, and probably perfect um, uh, you know, given that we unfortunately lost him recently, um, it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. I'll be honest. Um, I think yep. even Dane, did, I think Dane, like even like uttered something, like went like, "Oh gosh," like or something. I can't remember what you said, Dane, but like you said, like something kind of under your breath, like "Oh," like or maybe it was just an "all" or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it it, it hits you. It really does. Um, but uh, but that was great. But as Dane kind of said, I think. Uh, and I'm going to quote um, my uh, my review of the film here. here. Um, uh, but the, the biggest standout in all of this movie has to be the seemingly flawless animation and creative decisions of its presentation. Um, the directors, as well as the entire team of animators, should be lauded for their creation. The creators perfectly employ comic book-esque panels throughout the movie as well as caption inner monologue to give an added element for comic lovers to this movie. Uh, couple that with the movie's various rich landscapes, colors, and scenery, the movie is a visual masterpiece. Uh, that's just a little excerpt from the uh, review of the film uh, that is uh, 
on our website now. If you go to gvnation.com, uh, you can check that out in its entirety. Uh, but yeah, uh, as Dane said, can't say enough good things about the movie. Uh, it really, really uh, was an amazing film, an amazing experience, and uh, and I just want to say really quickly, and, and Dane will know what I'm what I'm saying here. Shout out to like the parents of uh, all of the kids that were like sitting around us. We have like six That's kids kidding. sitting around us. Not one of them said one damn word, like, the whole movie. Like, I think the little kid sitting next to me said something at some point, and his mom, like, gave him that look, like, you better shut up. Um, and uh, so, yeah, props to those parents, man. Way to, like, parent your kids and not, like, make it a unpleasurable experience for everyone sitting around you. Super, super uh, cool of them to do that. I'm absolutely, so scared. absolutely. Oh, dude, I was too. Like, I had the, the little kid who was sitting right in front of uh, both me and Dane. I was like, I was playing peekaboo with him, uh, peekaboo rather, uh, like right before, like, the movie started. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, like, this kid's, like, three and a half, four years old. Like, he, I, he you know this kid's not going to be able to be quiet through, like, a two-hour, uh, hour, 45-minute, whatever, showing. But, like, he was, and all the other kids were too. So it was, like, really, really cool. I think I think part of it, and to, to wrap it up and give it back to you, Juwan, was, you know, good parenting, and also the movie was that good that it could engage not only adults our age, but all the way down to someone that was three or four. So it Absolutely. does a lot based on that. Yeah. Um, also, before I forget, before we move forward, a uh, huge thank you to Sony for providing us with the advanced ticket. Uh, to see it early, a uh, huge thank you to them for that. Dan and Nick sound like they had an amazing time. So make sure, I believe the movie comes out next Friday, so make sure you guys go out and see the movie. But before you see the movie, check out Nick's article online uh, as he prepares you uh, for the movie. Uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Dane. Um, all right, let's get into some trailer talk, guys. Uh, we didn't really have many if at all trailers come out so there's not much to talk about um so let's let's just jump right into it uh let's go into the biggest shortest mind-numbing trailer <laughs> that we have ever gotten uh with avengers for endgame i i think i've seen that trailer at least oh let me rephrase that record-breaking avengers for endgame trailer I, I left that trailer not knowing what to think, what to say, that nothing. Um, so, Joel, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts on Avengers 4 Endgame? I want to say teaser, but I guess they're classifying it as an actual trailer. So what were your thoughts? I'm going to classify it as a teaser because it didn't give away shit, really. Um, <laughs> it gave us just enough. Um and like honestly, you could watch that whole thing, and they could cut it out. The whole that whole teaser could not even be in the movie. I probably wouldn't even notice. Um, and it's like there's just it was very very well done. Um, everything from Tony uh, having his little memoir on his helmet to Pepper, and and the little bits and pieces that um, we got from different like from all of the original Avengers, original six, especially. Uh, Clint and as Ronan, we get to see him a little bit as Ronan in that one scene with the sword, and, and it looks like the, they're in Japan, and uh, Black Widow with still blonde hair. Uh, I just, I know there's just so much to like about that little teaser. 
uh, the the fucking scarecrow with uh, Thanos' armor on it. What's up with that? I mean, it's a weird way to use your armor, but fuck it. Um, there's just there's a lot a lot, a lot to like, I, and they didn't give me anything to the point where I was like, ah, oh, they gave away too much. And this is exactly what I wanted. I got a little tease, a little taste of what we're gonna get next year. Nothing major, and then we got a little bit of all of our favorites without showing any of the people that got sanded or busted or whatever. And then, of course, uh, the little the end part of it with uh, with uh, with Scott Lang showing up and that little funny little part there. And it was good. It was a very good trailer, a little teaser, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I classify it as Marvel was just like, all right, goddamn, y'all been bugging me for the trailer here trailer we told you nothing it's like right after like i think jane uh said it the best he was just like people have been crying for the trailer they get it now they're saying they didn't really see enough and it's like all right what the hell do you want do you want them to come out and give you everything about the movie or would you like to just know yeah to me all all i thought they were really trying to give us of this trailer was the name because if you think about it you really have no idea about anything else so they gave you the, the 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 nice laughing moment at the end. They gave you the heartfelt moment at the beginning. But I think the big reveal of the actual trailer was supposed to be two things, actually. I'm sorry. Ronan, uh, because we hadn't seen Hawkeye in the longest, and um, mm-hmm. the, the name. Outside of those two things, I don't think they were really trying to tell you anything else. Uh, nope. <laughs> so it's like, I, be happy. You've been dying for a name. You got a name. Relax. Um, yep. Uh, but, Kanan, what were your thoughts on uh, the in-game trailer? Uh, I mean, I agree with you um, in regards to um, what you were saying about really just everybody really wanting to know the name uh, because for, like, the last two months, that's all anybody on Twitter has argued about, especially since that leak about it being called Annihilation came out. Um, and honestly, I feel like the trailer's name was probably in-game all along because uh, the cinematographer, uh, remember he posted uh, that listing, and it had Endgame on there. And this was, what, back in April or May? Uh, so it's been a long time um, since that was leaked. Um, but as, like Joel said, as far as the trailer goes, um, it was it was a legit teaser, but you could almost classify this as um, kind of like a short, kind of like an in-between the two films. Like, this almost was, like, catching us up on what's happened um, uh, between Infinity War and Endgame uh, because that's really all it showed. It showed the aftermath um, with Tony trying to get back to Earth um, because that's what that was at the beginning. I know they tried to make it dramatic Mm -hmm. like Iron Man was going to die. But the beginning of that trailer uh, was him uh, and Nebula in the Guardian ship um, trying to get back to Earth. And then it showed, you know, pretty much Cap – you know, almost sounding like he was making, he was going to make his last stand. Like I'm going to do everything it takes to get them back um, or else, um, you know, and then you see him looking at the, uh, the compass with Peggy's picture in there, um, which, you know, I've talked to some of y'all about this, not everybody, but as far as theories go, um, I kind of have my guesses on where that's going. Um, but the, the Ant-Man, and I didn't catch this at first, but a lot of people did. Uh, the footage um, was actually archive footage, but it was in real time. So that right there was the first hint that there will be a lot of time travel in this movie. Um, so, I mean, it, it's enough to tide everybody over 
Um, but it was a legit teaser, and I think it's great marketing by Marvel. I, I applaud them for standing their ground and not giving in to to fans begging for what it was. And if the title ever was Annihilation, I mean, then kudos for them changing it because that's one thing I can say about Marvel is that they pride themselves on keeping stuff in-house. And a lot of stuff here lately seems to uh, – seems like it's been leaked, um, whether it be with Spider-Man Far From Home, whether it be from um, – uh, the Eternals um, stuff coming out, and I think Marvel's just like, you know what, we're never going to give you the satisfaction of thinking you're one up on us. Um, I think the title fits, um, and I, the trailer was like Joel said, it was it was great. I mean, it did what it needed to do, so uh, I'm really hyped for it. Um, the trailer I was most hyped for was the Spider-Man Far From Home, but we didn't get that. But uh, no, this trailer did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say one thing before I pass it to you, uh, <clears throat> Nick. What what bothered me the most about after the, the name drop was so many uh, geek groups and, and uh, quote-unquote um, people who, who knew it ahead of time, blah, blah, blah. I, I strongly believe that um, a lot of you people who are claiming, oh, remember I said Endgame back in March? Remember, I was saying it was going to be in-game. None of you guys did, because each and every one of you, when the rumor of Annihilation came out, hopped on it immediately. So if you knew it was in-game, you wouldn't have immediately switched to, oh, yeah, man, no, Annihilation sounds really dope. You would have stood, you know, stood strong and said, no, 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 it's in-game. I heard it was in-game. It's definitely going to be in-game. So a lot of you guys are just full of crap. Let it go. Just enjoy <laughs> it. Stop trying to be the, the big shot that called it. None of us knew. We were all speculating, so just shut up. Anyway, Nick, what were your thoughts on Avengers 4 Endgame? Oh, man, like, it, it was a great team. Um, I think there were a couple things that stood out. As Kanan mentioned, there there was the, the Ant-Man scene uh, that they kind of even allude to, like, you know, Cap's like, is this archival footage, archive footage, and, you know, she says, that's the front gate. Um, I think it's edited in such a way that you're supposed to think it's just him at the front gate. Um, but uh, as Kanan pointed out, you, there there have been people who have, like, zoomed in on it. And it looks like it says it's from 1983 is what it kind of looks like. Uh, it's not very clear. Uh, but so that that definitely seems like it could be. Now, obviously, we know... Uh, Marvel can throw us in any direction that they want to try to throw us just to keep us on our toes. So it's, it's by no means is that definite. But I think another one of the, the reasons that I maybe kind of lean towards that kind of theory is right before, at the in the post-credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp, right before he goes into the quantum realm, uh, Janet tells him, hey, and like, don't get sucked into a time warp. Like, you know, I, we may not be able to get you out. So, like, that could certainly factor in as to, you know, how everything goes uh, that, that and answer the question of how he got out of the quantum realm. So right. um, I look forward to seeing, like, how that how they use all of those things and, and resolve that. But I definitely think um, – uh, I, and I said this kind of from, from the first time that I saw that post-credit scene. I was like, I think this is going to play, like, a very big part of of like how uh, essentially Avengers 4 and now Avengers Endgame uh, is resolved. But the other two things that really stood out to me in the trailer, obviously um, Cap looking at Peggy 
uh, in the compass. Um, I think it, it adds to some foreshadowing, and I like Canyon. I'm not going to get into specifics on, on you know what I necessarily think that means, but it does get into some foreshadowing that can go a number of different directions, which I think is really exciting. Um, and then also just Tony's speech that you know basically said, you know, his speech to Pepper of "Don't be sad." Um, you know, the part of the journey is the end. And I think that doubles as, you know, a, a, a kind of, he's speaking to us as an audience and, you know, basically saying like, you know, whatever happens, like just, just have, hopefully you've enjoyed the ride and, you know, whatever happens like this, this, this journey uh, might end for some of us, but it's going to keep going and, and uh, so just enjoy it. And I love that. I think that's really cool. I think it's pretty meta. Um, and I thought that was um, probably like my highlight uh, of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I would say the, the two biggest things that stuck out to me uh, were one of the biggest things that a lot of people overlook. When it, when um, Banner was staring at the screen showing who was missing, who was dead, a lot of people assumed Shuri was dead. She's not. It said missing. Um, why she's missing, I have no idea. I thought she was in Wakanda with everybody. So the idea of her kind of going off on her own is um, is something to think about. Um, also, that Winter Soldier that Cap had on, I'm going to go ahead and say I think that's not the suit we'll see in that specific scene. I think they might have done the same thing they did when they showed the Hulk in the uh, in the Infinity War trailer with the group, but really when you saw the movie, he was in the Hulkbuster um, armor. I think they have a new suit for Cat, and um, they're just trying to kind of throw us off a little bit. Um, and if they're not, I love it because I've always thought that was his best suit in the cinematic universe. Um, so those are the two biggest things that kind of stood out to me, really. Um, but Dane, uh, what were your thoughts on the Avengers Four Endgame trailer? Well, first, you know what really grinds my gears? There's a bunch of self-entitled pricks on Twitter telling Disney that they owe them the fucking trailer and that they must give it because they're self-entitled pricks. They want their cake and eat it. Actually, I I like cake and I like eating it. Never mind that part. But just, you know, complaining, 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 wanting the fucking trailer, and then when they get it, her her hair is blonde or, or it wasn't enough or it wasn't the name that I wanted. Fuck you. You can't have everything you fucking want. Anyways, uh, other than that, I thought it was an awesome trailer. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that the fact that it didn't give us a lot was actually something that's that's beneficial. And that, you know, um, if you if you pay attention and break down the trailer, you can actually pick up information uh, if you look for it. So, uh, you know, that's teach their own, though. But um, I think that within the trailer, stuff that I noticed um, – the first thing I noticed was with Ronan, you know, how, how kind of murderous he was and how it seemed like Black Widow was taken off, taken back a little bit by, by Clint. Just in that one gaze between them, I could just tell on his face that he's lost something. So I'm wondering if they're going to kind of do elements of the ultimate universe, what's not like murdering his family, but if they were the ones dusted and that's what's causing him to go down this dark path. Uh, I thought the Thanos armor uh, scarecrow uh, was really cool. I found out, I'm not going to pretend I knew this because I haven't read Infinity uh, Gauntlet in years, but there is a part in the comic book uh, where basically at the end when Thanos kind of, you know, I think decimates himself. I I can't remember exactly the end of the comic. It's been years. But 
they find uh, Adam Warlock, Gamora, and a couple other characters find his costume as like a scarecrow, um, and it's kind of more symbolic than anything. So in this, it's showing the fact that he's a farmer now. He gave up that life, but I wonder if it's going to mean more because of what happens in the comics related to that. Um, I found I found it kind of rude that if um, you know Cap and uh, Black Widow are shacking up, that he's looking at pictures of his old girlfriend right in front of her. That was kind of weird. Maybe that was a, mm-hmm. a camera change. I don't know. Just gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I guess Nebula left Tony, and I'm also gonna assume that you know people were were theorizing that this might be a year later. That it's actually not that much time because of the fact that I can't think that there's been that much food, that much water, and shaving utensils and everything on that ship. So I'm assuming this is not going to be that much longer after the events of Infinity War. Could be uh, wrong. Like you said, Sherry is missing, um, but we don't know exactly the extent of that. Um, how did Scott get out of the, 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 the quantum realm? Uh, I do think that there's going to be time travel. We've been all saying that. And, uh, yeah, it just awesome trailer overall. Um, I, I really I, – I, I dug it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And this is completely more than enough. If, I know there's going to be more trailers, but if there wasn't another trailer, I would be completely okay with it. I know I sound crazy, but I have patience. No, no, I, I will say really quick before I pass it to you, Cannon, uh, to, to piggyback off what you said, Dane, about um, not much time being passed uh, with Stark. He couldn't have had that much food because remember, Thor took some of that food with him when they went to uh, Vermeer or whatever that place is called to go make Stormbreaker. He, like, had grabbed, like, a handful of food um, from Star-Lord and the crew uh, before he had left. I mean, unless he had unlimited amounts of food in there, I assume it couldn't have been that much. So a lot of people like to think maybe months have gone by. I, I don't think the Milano had months' worth of food. Um, I would say more so days. Um, so, I mean, it's... It, when time is involved, it's like the flash sometimes, Dave. When time is involved, you have no idea what's going on. So who knows? Um, but, Kanan, you wanted to piggyback. I'll pass it to you before we move on. Kanan? No? Okay. No? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I will say uh, last thing before we move on to Captain Marvel. Um one thing also that stood out to me the most was at the end when you see the uh, the A forming, it seemed like the dust that obliterated everyone into was reforming to form into that A to then spell out Avengers Endgame. Uh, so I thought that was somewhat possibly symbolic of the resurrection of the Avengers rather than the decimation that we saw in Infinity War. Uh, so I kind of took it like that, like the – it, it was coming back, like the Avengers were being resurrected. Um, so I'm just hoping that we see one huge scene of all the Avengers with the Guardians facing whoever, uh, Thanos and his army or whatever. So I'm really hyped for the idea of that. But let's move on. Let's talk some Captain Marvel. We got another trailer from Captain Marvel. I personally thought it was a little too soon um, for another trailer because I felt like we had one maybe a month or two ago. Um, but nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Nick, I'm actually going to go to you first for this one. What were your thoughts on the new Captain Marvel trip? I thought it was good. Like, I love Nick Fury's parts in it. Um, I like the banter. Uh, it, I think they've set it up well uh, for um, Nick Fury to have, like, another really uh, cool relationship with maybe a more prominent character, um, you know, going forward. 
which is which is super awesome. Uh, I, I like. I mean, the visual effects were very stunning. Um, I like that they're still not really giving you um, kind of very much to go on as far as the story. I mean, I have like what I think is a pretty good foundation of how things are going to go. But then again, obviously Kevin Feige, you know, did say that uh, this is kind of a new take on the origin story, uh, storytelling uh, sort of aspect of things. Um, so that's, you know, a, probably, I mean, take anything uh, Feige says with a grain of salt, but also uh, something that's, you know, easily excitable and, and something to look forward to. Um, I will say, like, my big... Uh, my only kind of big hang-up is I, I did feel like some of Brie Larson's more serious lines um, kind of felt a little flat to me. Um, uh, like, they didn't necessarily uh, quite ring the way that I, I would have expected them to. Um, but, you know, I, I caution myself to, you know, jump to any sort of conclusion, one, because I haven't seen the context within the film, uh, but also because... Um, I kind of felt the same way when the Doctor Strange trailer first came out, and he, you know, you know, says that line about like I don't, I don't believe in uh, fairy tales and chakras, and and his, his delivery just seemed a little off to me. Um, but like when you see it in the context of the film, it's it's not nearly as as sort of off-putting as I felt it was in the trailer. Plus, um, it, other than like Robert Downey Jr. Um, in my opinion, like, uh, and, and, and maybe, uh, maybe you could throw Chris Evans in this bunch as well, but like, in, in my opinion, like a lot of times it takes, uh, these, these actors, um, like, a a movie's worth to get over, uh, sort of that, um, that hump of how their character starts, because usually in the first movie, their character evolves so much, uh, that by the time we see them in the second movie, um, that they're in or, you know, any sort of future uh, projects that they're in, um, that they um, have evolved and, and have sort of a, not necessarily a different personality, but um, they're, they're more into the actual character that they become by the end of the first movie. Um, ones that kind of really stick out to me in that regard are Thor, took him more like two movies, um, and then... Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, as I mentioned, uh, certainly kind of sticks out to me. So um, that's the, you know that's definitely a possibility. Um, but overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trailer. I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a super kick-ass movie, um, and I can't wait to see. It, I'm hoping uh, uh, to get to see um, Brie Larson just kick the shit out of Jude Law, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, amen to that. Um, yeah. I- I felt like this trailer a few more uh, scenes than what we got from the last trailer, but it seems like their focus is on her and her past more right. so than giving us what the actual story is about, which is fine. I don't, I yeah. don't need to know that until I'm sitting in my seat watching it. Um, so, I mean, that's why I said I felt like it was just too soon to give us another one because now I feel like I don't want to see anything else until March when it comes out. Like, <laughs> this is too close. To um, to March to me, uh, like I thought they could have maybe waited till maybe a Super Bowl for another trailer, or around that point. Um, I, I just feel like now at this point I don't want to see anything else till till March. Um, uh, Joel, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts on the brand new Captain Marvel trailer? 
I really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it gave me, like I think you just mentioned, it's just kind of an extended version of the last trailer. Uh, it gave you a little bit more insight into certain scenes from the last trailer. But I got to see more of what I really wanted to see was her in her costume, her using her powers, how that looks, her using her powers, especially that last scene of the trailer. Like, yeah. that was oh, fucking awesome. Um, I thought that was that, – that's what I really wanted to see out of that. Uh, because I, I always – like, especially with superheroes, I just want to see how it looks on screen. Like, I've read it all my life. And I've seen it drawn out. I want to see it come to life. So I got to kind of see an idea of what Captain Marvel's powers look like in action. And that, that did it for me. That was probably – that was the blow that got me at the end of the day. Um, we got to see young Nick Fury. Um, we, we got to see some of Goose, her cat. Uh, which is obviously more to that cat than meets the eye. Uh, and then you have um, everyone that, you know, the problem I hear, like what Nick was saying, that, that they had some issues with her delivery and she don't smile. Some, some weird shit, you know, I get it. The, the, her delivery is kind of stale. But in, in my opinion, um, she's kind of like a drone almost. Like she she has amnesia throughout, look like, looks like throughout the movie. She kind of, it kind of seems like that, like she's lost. So I, I, I for me, it works. Because she doesn't seem like she's herself yet, and I don't think she will be herself. So maybe, maybe the end of the movie, she's to me, it's going to be a bit about her finding out the piece of her that's missing. And then she has all these flashbacks. You saw a couple times to her thinking back to, and you saw images from her fat, her past, and her remembering. And I think that's why she's just not there yet. And I think it's just she's kind of like that drone for the Kree at the moment, and she's more of a soldier than anything else. And I think you'll, you'll see her evolving and become more loose. And I think what Nick was saying was right. I think you'll see her more, be more loose to say in Avengers uh, Endgame when we do see her again, than probably in her own film when she, if she's, it's just going to take, it's going to get, she'll get there. And I think for this movie, it's going to work and it's because it's more of an ordinary story anyway. So I really enjoyed the trailer. So I look forward to seeing more from this movie down the line and we probably won't get another trailer until like the end of February. Yeah, I um, that that was something that was big uh, across the internet was the whole lack of emotion, um, you know, possibly a little stale with with some of her lines. I completely agree with the two of you. I think it's just development. I think at at the mm-hmm. point to where you saw her speaking her lines was a point in the movie mm-hmm. where she was just a soldier. So it's like, I, what do you want me smiling about? I'm about to go kill people. Like, why right. why would I be smiling? Uh, you know kind of a different side of her in the car with Fury where she corrected mm-hmm. him. I can't remember the exact line, so I'm not going to, not going to butcher that. Um, and you know, when she's like, Hey, Oh, that's yeah, what it was. Thank you. Thank you. He was like, thank you, Nick. super warrior, not super warrior heroes. <laughs> and she kind of gets that smirk. And, uh, yeah, no, I loved that part. Like, and I thought her banter with Fury, um, like, even, even at the very end where he's, like, petting the cat and she's, like, Fury. And kind of, like, gives him the little head nod. Like, uh, I thought yeah. that was good. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, it's and it, I, I want to be clear, not that, uh, Joanne, you were saying this, but I, of course, am not in, in any part of the camp about the whole smiling thing. Um, that's right. just stupid. Uh, but, yeah. like, as far as, like, my, probably the one line that I felt most trepidatious about was, her when she said I'm not going to fight your war anymore like basically I'm going to end it um, and again mm-hmm. context is important and like so I'm not I'm not putting any chips in any baskets um, as far as like how I feel about her character portrayal um, but that was one of the lines that I, I felt like just felt a little weird um, at least in, in the context of just seeing that little bit in the trailer 
And that seems like it would be not at the beginning of the movie. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of felt like the placement for it was wrong, if that's how the delivery of it was, uh, mainly because right after it, you showed amazing action. So to a lot of people, they think that line might be what comes right before a big battle. Um, so it's, it's, to me, it's placement. Like, if that line um, in the movie is delivered a lot better, I think none of us care. Uh, but the placement of it in that trailer kind of just fell flat. Um but like, like you said, I'm, I'm not here to judge that. It's a trailer. Like, sometimes people have somewhat kind of sketchy trailers, um, and then the movie is fine. So, to me, I'm not going to hold that. And I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying for people to relax. Um, uh, Brie Larson is a really good actress. So, at no point yes. do I think she will give us bad acting from this movie. Um, so, that's why when I heard the line, I was just like, that was just maybe poor placement. But I, I by no means think she's going to be bad in this movie whatsoever. Um, but, again, that's all to be seen. Uh, Dane, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts of the Captain Marvel trailer? Just to let you guys know, they're lying. Both Nick and Juwan were talking about how much they hated Brie Larson before this. So, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I hate grandmas. He hates women. Get it right. Like, I, I, speaking of which, I was really happy to see her punch the grandma in the face again. It, it, it filled my heart with joy. <laughs> I feel like you should be able to punch grandmas anyways, you know, just for the help. Oh, wait, never mind. Um, well, you guys have never punched your grandmother in the face, really? Come on. Don't judge me about this shit. Anyway, getting to the trailer. I liked it. Uh, I think that you guys said enough that I agree with with the uh, acting. I'm also wondering if the fact that a lot of them were dialogue that was seen off screens while they kind of cut back to her face affected that. I don't know. I have no idea. The visuals were amazing. I liked the story. Talking about that one scene where they're talking and she kind of like has that banter with Fury about the warrior, superhero, whatever the fuck she says. Um, I don't know this. I'm just wondering when he said, so you're Cree, since we obviously know the story and she's a human that ends up Cree with the blood to make her survive or whatever, whatnot. Um, maybe there's a third person in that car. That's what I was thinking. I have no idea if that's true or not, but just the way that they kind of make it look, she's kind of talking to the back. So I'm wondering who's in that that car. Um, other than that, I mean, it was just a good, just normal trailer. Gave us a little bit of information, uh, some awesome visuals. Let us see her in her uh, costume, just kicking ass. And uh, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, it's very weird and unsettling to see Samuel Jackson look that much younger again. It, I was, I was <laughs> done with that. I thought, I thought, I thought we were, you know, where we are now, where he's pretty damn old, but, and I, and I love you next year. Don't hurt me. Um, but all right, I'm glad that technology can make creepy shit like that happen. Good to that. Agent, Agent Coulson, he could be in the back of that car. That'd be cool. Oh, I want Coulson to be like into grunge. I want I want Coulson to be like into grunge with like long hair and kind of like just be kind of rebellious a little bit. Like that'd be that'd be awesome. Maybe he's in the REM actually. Uh, yeah, that that seems fitting. Yeah, yeah, like like '80s REM, and he has like a line about how like uh, you, you know like. When, when they released that album in the in the early '90s, he just kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, um, from the the thing that I took the most from this trailer was like, I love the space aspect of it. Like, I'm really interested to see Marvel do a lot more with space um, because they just do such a great job of it, and the visuals were were just freaking amazing. Um, so, I mean, the whole the whole idea of that 
would be really cool. And also, Dane, to what you were saying, what if when he asked that, because she has no memory of her past on Earth, she does think she was born Kree? I mean, because maybe mm-hmm. at, at that point, she's only programmed to know she was born, she has powers, she's fighting a war that she probably has no idea about. Um, so in her right. mind, she does think that she's 100% Kree. Being on Earth with Nick Fury, I think, is what will start to show her, like, no, 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 you're human. And they did experiments on you, and this is how you became superpowered. Um, so maybe when he asked that, she kind of gives him that look like, yeah, duh, I'm Kree. I came from outer space. I'm not from here. So she starts to realize, like, oh, no, maybe I am. Um, so, But I do like that aspect of thinking someone else is in there because it does kind of cut it off a little bit to where it makes it seem like it's just the two of them. But, I mean, it very well could be someone in the back uh, that he might have been referring to instead of her. Um, it's just so many great freaking things from this movie. Um, but, Kanan, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts on the new Captain Marvel trip? Um, I mean, I really haven't been uh, – I mean, honestly, I really haven't been blown away, blown away by either trailer so far. Um, the second one visually um, was great looking, and it was really awesome to see her kind of embrace her powers. But and I, and I say that because normally Marvel's first trailer, whether it be a teaser or a full trailer, I mean usually that's their home run. I mean there's, I mean the Avengers trailer um, uh, for Infinity War, uh, there was so much emotion and and stuff to see in just that first trailer that it had me like hyped. And I just I just do not feel that with with Captain Marvel so far. Um, you know I. I don't, you know, I'm not looking into Brie Larson's, uh, the way she speaks in the trailer or anything like that. I mean, I I think that, like you said, she's a soldier, so she's kind of talking like a soldier. She doesn't really have emotions um, like most people, um, you know, have. Um, But it's still, I think the third trailer is probably going to be the one that will get everybody really, really hyped. You know, you got fans that are already hyped because it's Marvel and because they like Captain Marvel. But I think the tr- third trailer will be the one that um, will probably be the icing on the cake because they still haven't really opened up and shown a lot yet. Like we heard Talos's voiceover. I don't know who's yawning, but that was loud. Uh, but uh, they still haven't shown Talos, um, and they really haven't shown much about Jude Law's character. And I really think there's going to be a huge swerve um, in this movie. Um, to look forward to. So um, right now, I, I know what they're trying to do. They're putting a lot of focus on her, you know, because of who she is. Uh, but I think the third trailer is really going to open it up, and a lot of people are going to be um, floored with the next one. I do agree with you, Juwan, that this does seem really rushed. It does seem like Marvel was really trying to do a lot this month. I don't know why, um, but this trailer really probably could have come out around the Super Bowl, um, and then they could have dropped a, a small third one, Um you know, or or maybe this trailer could have come out in the middle of January. Then you could have had one come out around the Super Bowl or the week after, and everything would have been fine. Um, but like I said, just I'm not blown away by the trailer so far. But uh, I am looking forward to the movie. I will say, as far as Jude Law's character, uh, I always thought he was Captain uh, Bell, and I, I stood on that that premise until he was on a late night show, and the host had asked him like who are you playing in, in this movie? And he kept saying, I can't say. And that was weird to me because I'm like, well, if you're playing Captain Marvel, like, 
why is that like a huge surprise? Why can't you just say you're playing Captain Marvel? Then when you guys started telling me the the whole rumor of him possibly being someone else, I was like, well, maybe that's why. Like, maybe it is true he's someone else, and they're waiting till the movie for you to see who that person is uh, that he's actually playing. Because um, it just it, it it always bothered me. Like, as soon as he said, I was just like, why can't you just say you're playing blah, blah, blah? Like, that, that to me was weird. Like, why is that a secret? Um, so, I mean, maybe there is a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, truth to the idea of him playing someone else or maybe more than one person. Uh, maybe he's a scroll. Maybe the, the real him died and the scroll's portraying someone else. Who knows? This movie opens up so many possibilities with the idea of shapeshifters. Um, so anything could be possible. He could be playing two different people. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. But as far as the, the trailer coming as, as early as it did, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that prefers two trailers and then TV spots, and that's it. Um, so for them to do it this early, and then Joel was saying we might pop another one, that to me just kind of seems too much. But that's just my opinion. Uh, final did anyone final else? trailer. Everybody get the final trailer. Well, and especially if it's a new character. Like, they're going to do three trailers for a new character. To me, that's fine. But right. if you give me a third trailer, it has to be not filled with, but it has to be a lot of new content. Like, this was sprinkled. It's new content, but somewhat the same exact trailer we had before. The third one. Yeah, has so to they can save it for the third one. The, 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 which, which right. Fine, which Hopefully, fine. fingers as crossed. As, as long as that's what the third right. one is, that's fine. Right. Um, but did anyone else have anything else to add for Captain Marvel before we moved on? Nope. 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 All right. Let's get to our very last trailer. One Joel brought up to me that I had no idea was even a movie. <laughs> but now that I saw it, it is now something I desperately want to see, but not alone. Uh, so, Joel, I'll be with you. Um, it is a movie mm-hmm. from wrong Joel, Brightburn. Right. Okay. I'm going to kick yeah. it to you, mm-hmm. Joel, um, for you to give us your thoughts on the trailer of Brightburn. Well, uh, I don't know who I, – I assume everyone saw that trailer. I'm not sure. I thought everyone did. That's why I brought it up. I said, oh, we should definitely talk about it because – it's basically a horror version of Superman. If you watch the trailer, it's basically Superman if he was Michael Myers. It's, it's like that simple. It's that freaky, and it's, and he's like a kid uh, still. So he's like just discovering his powers. And, he, and if you watch the trailer, he kind of has similar powers to Superman. He's on a farm, all that extra Superman shit, except instead of, you know, he's a good kid raised by, you know, to be a good kid. And he, this kid's disturbed. Obviously has issues and is kind of a crazy killer. Where's the mask? It's it's disturbing, but also interesting because it's like talk about a spin. I never even I don't like why didn't nobody think of that before. This is a it's a new take on, on the Superman mythos, and I'm very intrigued by everything I saw about that trailer. And I I I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see this movie now. I'm just very curious how they're going to stop that monster. It's going to be very interesting to watch. So, yeah, awesome, awesome trailer, and I can't wait to see more. Also, huge thing, um, I'm not going to get into my thoughts yet so I can go to Canon, but huge thing that I thought was really telling was, um, especially after all the stuff that happened with James Gunn and uh, Disney kind of releasing him from, from the whole Guardians franchise, uh, I think this is a Sony film, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. 
But I thought yeah. it was really unique how they were completely okay. And I'm not saying anything was wrong with it, but completely okay promoting and plastering that it was from James uh, James Gunn. I was just like, okay, cool. They obviously are past it, and they're like, we, you know, we're past it. You know, everyone's moved on. We have no problem with that. Um, I thought that mm-hmm. was that was something that I was not expecting. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool of them to do to kind of show that they've moved forward um, and they fully support James Gunn uh, going for it. I just wasn't expecting it this soon um, for someone who has plastered his name like that. Um, but Kanan, what were your thoughts on Brightburn? All right, so we got an email yesterday from Sony with all of the marketing materials for this movie, and I posted it to Twitter. And a lot of times I'm out and about, so I don't have my headphones, and I can't really hear what the trailer's about. But I watched it. Like, I I watched it without hearing any sounds. And immediately when I saw the very beginning of the trailer, it wasn't even 15 seconds in, I said to myself, this is – um, this is Man of Steel. I'm expecting to see Zack Snyder's name pop up on this. This is exactly <laughs> how the Man of Steel trailer opened. And then no, I, saw I, came in, I did the same exact thing. I want like same exact thing. But go ahead. Man. And 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 people can you know they you know I joked about it saying that he copied Snyder's homework or whatever. But James Gunn is the Zack Snyder disciple. They worked together on um, Dawn of the Dead. Um, they've been close friends, um, but this trailer is Sony's – you're right. It's it's Ultraman. It's not Superman. It's almost Sony's telling mm-hmm. of Ultraman, which they don't own that property. DC does. So I don't know how Warner Brothers hasn't started an injunction to make this movie never happen because – I mean, and, and of course and of course they're marketing this way. We, we don't know the entire movie, so this could just be how the trailer's cut. But they use the font from Man of Steel – the coloring of the font for Man of Steel is the swing. I mean, dude, it's it's Kent. It's the Kent, but it's it's if Superman had come to Earth and it become bad. It's Ultraman. It's pretty mm-hmm. much Ultraman's mm-hmm. um, origin, and it's very interesting to to see how this is going to play out. But um, I saw a lot of people being critical about it and stuff like that. But you know what? This is James Gunn paying homage to Zack Snyder, and I think this movie isn't going to be like a huge box office because when it comes out, I mean, it's got a lot of competition um, when it comes out, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's an interesting trailer and people are talking about it. People are talking about this trailer because of how it was marketed and it's going to get people to go and watch the film. So what they really need to do is they need to continue the marketing as though it's a evil Superman type film, because if they show anything different or they give too much away, then people might lose interest and say, oh, this isn't anything like what we thought it was. Um, and, you know, I think right now that the sheer fact that people are talking about this movie being a Superman, Man of Steel ripoff or however you want to, you know, however you want to say it, I look at it as like an homage um, in some degree, because like I said, Zach and James are friends. But, uh, I mean, the trailer's crazy, and like Joel said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a horror movie. I mean, like he straight up murks her. He like, I mean, I'm assuming he's using heat vision, but to cut the door at the end of the trailer, and then he just comes in mm-hmm. out of nowhere. He's got the weird, yep. creepy mask on. Ultraman wore a type of mask. Um, it's not as crazy looking as what this kid's got on. But I'm I'm telling you, this is this is Ultraman, dude. This is, and if this movie works, 
then DC really needs to think about opening the doors to its uh, its dark label, like Ultraman, um, you know, that whole Justice League dark, all that stuff. They really Red need to Sun. think about uh, opening the yeah they yeah uh, yeah exactly. They really need to think about that if this movie performs, um, you know, the way Sony and Sony's probably not expecting this movie to be a huge hit. Um, but if it's a runaway for Sony and DC really needs to look like, dude, we could really get away with this. I know they're trying to do that with the Joker, but I'm talking you go even darker. And I know people are like, hell, how could DC go even darker? Well, it can go a lot darker, and Ultraman is one of the most dark characters um, they could probably do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely going to be a movie that uh, people will have to check out. Yeah, and l- let me say this. Uh, parents who go see Brightburn, um, I know you think it's adorable to dress your kid up like how that goddamn kid looks, but I want you to know, come Halloween, if I see any of your kids looking like that, I can mm-hmm. check. So I want you to know, don't bring that shit to my house, okay? All right, I was terrified <laughs> just watching the trailer. I don't want to see that shit in real life. All right? Um, Nick, what were your thoughts on the trailer Brightburn? Uh, well, first of all, I just think it's funny that uh, I talk about talked about on this show uh, beating the elderly, and now you're discussing beating children. I think, uh, <laughs> like we're 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 almost hitting the trifecta of like you know uh, of basically having all of our audience decide uh, to to protest us. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> hopefully they know all of this isn't just. Um, but uh, but no, as far as the trailer, like. It uh, I I totally agree with Kanan, um, which is which is a rarity on the show, um, but I 100% uh, <laughs> agree with everything he said. Like when I saw the like opening stuff that that came out with it, I was like, dude, this looks just like Snyder. And not only just like Snyder, it looks just like Snyder's Man of Steel. Like all of the like opening shots, especially at Canyon, you mentioned that swing shot. That's the one that like really stood out to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's basically like, they were like, you know, it'd be cool is if we like took Snyder's super Superman and like shot it like he did, but then like made him bad to like fit the way that he was like shooting, uh, shooting that movie. Um, and like, I mean, that's pretty much the the whole gist of, of what this trailer gives you. Um, now, you know, we don't know what we're going to get in the actual movie, but from everything we've seen in this trailer, that's exactly what it looks like. I, I So I feel like it's um, maybe a little uninspired, um, unoriginal, uh, maybe probably the better adjective there. But nevertheless, it, it all depends on its delivery because, I mean, if it works, and it is every bit of um, horrifying as can be, uh, then, you know, good on him. Um, James Gunn obviously producing it. Interestingly enough, I see that the writers on it are both uh, named Gunn, so I don't know if that's, like, his cousins or his brothers or whatever. Um, it's, it's Mark and Brian Gunn are the writers of the movie, um, so I think that probably lends itself to his involvement. Uh, David Yerovesky is the director. Um, n- never heard of him. Um, he did do uh, a movie called The Hive, um, but I never saw that, so I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, 
I probably, I'm not probably not going to see this in theaters. It, it doesn't look like a movie that would necessarily be up my alley. Um, but it, it is interesting. It, it's, it's always interesting to see at, like movies that make children like terrifying, um, because that's some like whether it be the Omen and Damien like kind of really kicked it off, uh, and then um, or maybe even uh, Rosemary's Baby. Um, you know, different things of that nature. Uh, and then like even something that's, you know, kind of was a, was an interesting twist kind of scenario was a uh, looper. Um, cause that, like that whole, when that movie gets into the, the climax of it and it gets all crazy with its plot, like that's pretty intense. And I can see it maybe having, you know, echoes of that. Uh, but this kid doesn't look like he's got any redemption written on him. Like this kid just looks up the straight up evil, uh, and it, it'll at the very least it'll be interesting to see how he gets there. Oh, and the one other um, uh, little maybe thing that I I felt was Chronicle. Um, how there's the the one kid in Chronicle who's like you know just just goes in the completely not not on the up and up kind of direction. Um, so I I could see how they maybe drew influences from all of those and have kind of but of course. Um, uh, Superman, uh, you know, basically uh, bad Superman being the, the biggest of his influences. Yeah, nah, <clears throat> you guys definitely hit it on the head. It obviously pulls from that. I mean, even the scene, it reminded me where he was lasering the, the door in half to then kick it open. it open. It rem- yeah. yeah, it was just like, ah, that looks just like Superman, but okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? I mean, uh, uh, what was the Brightburn? Sorry. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Times does not promote the beating of both children and the elderly. Sorry, I had to first put that out there. God, we got, we, we got a reputation to uphold. Can't be talking about how horrible female actresses are in beating children and the elderly guys. Come on. Come on, get better with that. But anyway, yeah, very interesting trailer. Um, I'm going to wait you know, to kind of find out what people think about it. But as for the trailer and the premise of the story, I think it's very original. Um, I, if you went Ultraman, you would have to kind of like still direct, like have it different from this exact setup. So I don't know how you would go about that, but this makes me kind of wonder if DC could really do red sun and make him, you know, pretty damn evil within that, you know, adding into the actual mythos of the uh, comic story of what if Superman ended up in Soviet Russia and became their killing machine, basically. So I, I really, this makes me want to see Nemesis get made even more. And I, I'm pretty sure they're doing that on Netflix about the evil Batman. Um, or, or what if Batman basically had the mind of the Joker and he was actually like killing people and shit. But yeah, definitely homage. I would say more than anything with man of steel. I, I don't, I don't find they're doing something kind of original in a sense of just, taking the Superman character and just spinning on its head, I definitely got a Chronicle vibe. I definitely got a Man of Steel vibe. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I got a We Need to Talk About Kevin vibe. Uh, and if you guys Ooh. have never seen that movie, yeah. that's probably, that's like Chronicle, no, not yeah, Chronicle, record of a movie. When I watched it afterwards, I just didn't say anything for a while. First time I saw Ezra Miller in a movie, actually, with Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I'm not going to recommend because the last time I recommended it, it was my sister, who at the time was pregnant with my niece, and I didn't think about it. What's a wonderful horror movie on um, Netflix I could watch? And I said that, and she was very angry at me afterwards. But, um, yeah, don't ever do that. But, but 
the movie just messed up. It's basically about a kid that ends up, you know, doing like a Columbine, like a shooting. Um, and yeah. this has that level of a sociopath, but then you just give him the added abilities of Superman, and that's terrifying. So this has yeah. a lot of um, a lot of potential to it. I will definitely say that, and um, it's going to be interesting once it hits. Um, I hope that it does well, so we can have reasons, like I said, to do Red Sun or or. You know, um, and if that's the case, then I won't go see it in theaters. It just, I'm not going to base everything just off a trailer and a concept, even if I like both of those. Uh, I got to see a little bit more. But um, kudos uh, for James Wan to produce this. And I would not suspect, suspect him to produce movies that he doesn't actually have some involvement in. I don't think he's like, you know, like, say, a Steven Spielberg in that sense. So. Um, we'll have to wait until the movie comes out, but uh, creepy as shit. Don't fuck with that kid. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, <clears throat> kids already bother me. The idea of them being murderous, <laughs> superpower, superpowered beings is even worse. Um, but before we move on to our main topic, we're going to kick it to Nick from a word from our sponsor. Thank you, John. Uh, and in the words of Jon Snow, winter is here. And you know what that means. Time to dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Well, not so fast. We have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat similar to a heated car seat. This clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. I have several of these products now, and oh, they just make it so much easier. Um, no matter, like, if, you know, if you have to be outside for any extended period of time, like, d- don't don't bother, like, you know, trying to just just layer up, and then when you get back in, you got to pull off like 17 different layers of clothes. Like, no, just buy you a jacket from Action Heat. You can wear something that'll be comfortable inside. Throw that sucker on when you go out. Set it at the temperature. You're gonna feel totally fine because these products are amazing and they do everything that you would possibly uh, want them to do. Uh, Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced, starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our promo code GEEK, that's G-E-E-K, at checkout and get 20% off or go to actionheat.com backslash geek for the same result. That's actionheat.com backslash geek, or enter the code geek at checkout to get 20% off your order. You can't always control the weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. Back to you, Juwan. Amen to that. It's about to be a crazy winter. So make sure you guys get yourselves some Action Heat. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Action Heat. Let's get back to our topic, guys. We had a mouthful come from uh, Spider-Man Far From Home panel. Uh, So let's get into it. I'm going to name you guys everything that was said, and then I'm going to go to you for your thoughts on it. Apparently, the the news that came from the panel seems as if Mysterio uh, will be teaming up with Spider-Man at the request of Nick Fury to take on what they call elementals, to which we assume are Hydro-Man, also uh, uh, Absorbing Man, um, seem to fit the descriptions of what came out of the the panel. 
for the elementals. Um, apparently, Fury brings on Mysterio because he's the only one who knows how to defeat the elementals. Um, Fury also makes Spider-Man a new suit that they call the stealth suit. Um, also, we kind of get the vibe from what was shown at the at the panel that Peter tries to step away from being Spider-Man to just focus on being a regular kid and going on this field trip, to which then Fury thrusts him back into becoming Spider-Man in typical Fury fashion. Um, <laughs> Mysterio's suit also has a lot of secrets and cool stuff, and Peter has a new love interest. Um, And the core of the movie is going to be about the relationship, or the friendship, rather, of Mysterio and Spider-Man. Nick, I'm actually going to go to you first on this. What are your thoughts on the news that came out of the panel? And even if you want to go into your thoughts on the first look that we got of the stealth suit for Spider-Man. Yeah, it's really interesting news. I do think it's funny because (laughs) when you watch that panel, like, uh, basically, you could tell that like none of them really believe exactly what they're saying. <laughs> like, um, like the way like the, their delivery on it is just is kind of like um, I don't know, such that I could just kind of see through it. Obviously, we know Mysterio is um, kind of the master of illusion, uh, and so I mean I think that's going to ha- have a large factor um, into this. Now, what will be interesting to see is if, you know, basically he's creating illusions all along um, and and basically conning everybody into um, sort of uh, working alongside him and then maybe Spider-Man figures that out. Or if we do actually start out with stuff, um, you know, for them to team up with and they defeat them, but, you know, maybe Quentin Beck, his character is just, just loving all of this banter and attention and everything else. So then he starts up these um, these sort of uh, uh, illusions uh, for the other characters to, to kind of keep him in the fold and everything else, uh, to sort of keep that attention. Um, but, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, make no mistake, we all know he's going to eventually be the bad guy. Uh, but it is an interesting way for them to start it out uh, and it, and it kind of adds to these interesting layers of characters that they have kind of jumped off with, obviously with the Vulture having uh, a connection in, in the way that he did to Spider-Man, and then also now having this character have a, a, a very different connection, um, but obviously will more than likely result in the same kind of um, ending for, for these characters. Very layered villains. Uh, and, and Marvel has really, really had a home run with that lately. And, you know, I basically think that, um, you know, these these uh, Spider-Man villains is, is encompassed in that and a part of that. And they've, they've just been on a roll as of late with pretty much all of their villains for the past like four or five movies, so I, I expect not to mention Jake Gyllenhaal is just an amazing actor. So I expect to get a lot out of his portrayal of Quentin Beck and a lot of layered diversity, um, and I'm just super excited to to see it when it comes out. As far as the the cell suit, it looks super cool, like very very Spider-Man uh, noir or noir, however you want to say it. Um, like it, it looks very cool. Uh, I like 
I also kind of love the, the added element of, of Tom Holland in the panel saying, you know, it's, uh, it, it's got some really, like, really cool features that I can't tell you because I don't want to spoil anything because, like, Mickey's over there in the corner, like, staring at me, and uh, I, I don't want to get scolded. So, uh, like, that, that was obviously funny. So, obviously, this suit is going to play a big part in the plot, uh, which, you know, if you're going to incorporate a bunch of different suits, in an effort to sell various toys or items or whatever, like, that's totally fine with me. I just, like, a big thing of mine is I just ask that they make sense within the context of the movie. Um, and, and from what we've heard, it definitely sounds like that's going to be the case. So, yeah, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, it's just too bad we didn't actually get the trailer, as Kanan said, because uh, I think... I may have been a little more excited for the in-game trailer, but I was really excited for this new Spider-Man one, too. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to go to Kanan. Kanan can kind of break down why we didn't get the trailer uh, like we were supposed to yesterday. And just a few more things that I might have forgot about the uh, the actual panel. Uh, but, Kanan, I'm going to really kick it to you for you to give your thoughts also. Take it away, buddy. Oh, Okay. Sure. Um, as far as the reason why we didn't get the trailer yesterday, I know Tom Holland came out and said that um, they decided, you know, kind of last minute that they were going to only show the footage um, to the people at the convention. Uh, that necessary, that was not the case. Um, they were going to show the trailer to the public. In fact, there were two trailers um, rated and ready for release. There's a domestic trailer and an international trailer. Um the reason why they did not release it is because I've heard that Sony is going to edit the trailer um, based on what was shown in Avengers Endgame. Uh, because in the trailer for Endgame, it does show Parker as missing, um, which, I mean, I guess they've labeled everybody missing, um, but technically they're dead, um, so to speak. Um, so that was the reason why they only showed um, to the convention. Because really, they had to have something uh, for the fans, so they brought what they had, they showed them. Uh, it took a while to kind of um, figure out everything in the description because it's in Brazil, so a lot of people that were translating were translating um, you know, for Portuguese, and so it, it took a while to figure out exactly what the trailer was about. But there's a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that was talked about and shown um, at the convention. Um, they did not go into any real spoilers um, about Avengers Endgame, but – there are some stuff that was in the trailer and talked about that could either point this movie in it being a almost a prequel uh, to Endgame or time travel in Endgame will have effects on what happens with this movie um, because um, Aunt May and Happy Hogan, um, they have actually entered into a secret um, love affair um, in this film. Uh, as uh, Nick said um, – uh, or as far as Aunt May goes, she has accepted and supports Peter being um, Spider-Man, and I feel like if she supported him, then that means she must have no clue about the events of Infinity War um, and what's happened to him. Uh, uh, as Nick was saying, Mysterio and Peter Parker do work together. Um, he's actually worked with Nick um, in the past. Um, but a lot of people do speculate that the, the elementals, which were described as um, being of earth, fire, and water, we know that uh, Molten Man um, has been cast, so has um, Hydro Man, um, that they are just 
illusions that uh, Mysterio has, um, um, you know, kind of conjured to make himself look heroic or whatever. Um, also, uh, as Juwan was saying, they Parker does leave his suit in New York. He kind of just wants to go on this trip to kind of get away uh, from everything. He hasn't given up the life of Spider-Man like some people have translated that. I've seen some articles about that. That is no way in 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 any truth at all. He just kind of wanted to go and enjoy some time away. And then, you know, of course he does meet with Fury. Uh, he gets the stealth suit, um, which Tom Holland actually said at the, um, uh, the panel, he called it his comfy suit because he said it's the most uh, comfortable of the suits that he's worn. And uh, I know this isn't a shocker to anybody, but him and Michelle will actually um, begin to have, you know, love interest. They'll start to show um, affection towards one another. Uh, so, like I said, a lot of stuff came out from that panel. Um, like I said, nothing huge spoilerish, but I do think the Aunt May stuff really um, kind of stands out as to where this film is going to be, in, you know, in the timeline. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a mouthful. I mean, <laughs> if uh, an average person would think there's no need to see the movie because they just gave them everything, but trust me, when it comes to Marvel, if if that if this information is what was told to you, um, that means that's what Kevin Feige wanted to be uh, wanted to be said. So by no means I think, and a lot of this is speculation because they didn't come out and say uh, the elementals are illusions or anything like that. This is just us speculating um, based off the powers of Mysterio. It would it just fits. Um, also, the the biggest thing I wanted to point out before I pass it to you, Dane, um, I do I do think a lot of these conventions need to start being more special in the sense of if you're releasing a trailer that you know the general public who maybe can't afford to or don't get a chance to go to these uh, these conventions would like to see, I think you should think the trailer at the convention should, be, uh, should have a little bit more content than the one that you release to the general public. Because um, I think it's fitting because you're, you're not premiering the trailer – to the public, you're premiering it to the convention. So I think it should just be more special. So to me, I think the idea of them getting the trailer and then now us having to wait is fitting because it's like, you know, I spent all the money to go here to see things that might be exclusive or, or whatever. So I would like it to be special that we got this and then you make everyone else wait for it. Um, so I just think that should just be something that a lot of these things you just kind of take into uh you know, they're my. I mean, I know Joel. We got to see Hellboy, um, and that trailer still hasn't been released. So it's like, those yeah, things what the are, fuck? <laughs> yeah, those things are indeed uh, very special. So it's like, if you get to go there, you want to experience those things uh, as a reward for for going. Um, but Dane, excuse me, I'm sorry. Out of everything, Kanan broke down there. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the panel for Far From Home went? God, God, Juwan, how dare you think that people that pay for a convention and go to one location should have exclusive things for them, unlike everyone else who pays the salaries of Disney, because we deserve it. We want to take care Self-entitled pricks. Anyways, um, no, that was a lot of stuff. I actually had to pick up my like parts of my brain because it exploded during the explanation of everything. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
The elementals, I like that 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 concept. I'm wondering if Sandman's going to be a part of that. You guys actually probably might have clarified that. I don't remember, but I'm just saying, Hydro Man, do whatever. That sounds cool. I'm assuming that they're going to somehow have Mysterio be the cause of this. Like he's a scientist that was working on it. I have no idea. I'm just trying to like put things together. Uh, but definitely got a Spider-Man Noir feel, which by the way we didn't. I didn't like say during the review, but like. Nicholas Cage's performance on Spider-Man Noir, uh, a lot of fun. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but I like the stealth suit. I like that Nick Fury's a horrible uh, uncle, father figure, anything that matter, uh, buddy, because he'll just, like, say, hey, never mind, you can't be a kid anymore and tell you to go and fucking do shit when you're on your vacation trying to make Michelle happy. Um, by the way, I, I thought it was funny that Zendaya kind of looked, like, less, you know, like she did, like, more like herself, basically, I guess they are going for the, uh, you know, she's all that type of transformation with her. She's MJ. Get the fuck over if anyone's bitching about that still. I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just excited. I'm glad that somehow Tom Holland didn't, like, give us the extent of what's going to happen at the end of the film. That would have been very interesting. But it looks like he didn't. And I'm excited to see Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. So, uh, yeah, go Spider-Man. No, absolutely. There, there was also um, supposedly a humorous scene of the trailer where um, Peter and Ned, uh, while on vacation, are in their hotel room, uh, just kind of geeking out together. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson just busts in and hits Ned with like this tranquilizer. And, like Peter's like, "What, what is going on?" And Fury approaches Peter and goes, "So you're the Spider-Man I've been hearing all about." Kind of in the same kind of poking fun. Uh, that Fury kind of gave Stark at the end of Iron Man, uh, you know, just having that fun moment with him. So it's going to be fun to see possible uh, a lot of humorous moments of Fury in Captain Marvel and then humorous moments of Fury in um, Far From Home. But I thought that that, that premise of that was, was hilarious, the idea of him busting in uh, to their room and just hitting Ned with, like, a trank dart is hilarious. Uh, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on everything that came out of the panel for Far From Home? Well, I've, I've liked everything I've heard thus far. Uh, I like their use of the elementals. The characters, I mean, the team itself I never heard of. I had to look it up. And apparently this version of the elementals will actually use Spider-Man characters that I never thought I'd see on live action, like the fucking Hydro Man, Molten Man, uh, maybe Sam Man again. Who knows? Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out and how they implement them and if they really are illusions, I can't wait to see how the fuck Mysterio's illusions work because I know it's not magic. It has to be some type of tech. Is it alien tech? So I'm really intrigued by the idea of Mysterio and how he's going to look and how he's going to do his thing or, how, or at least how he's going to portray how he does his thing So because everything's, you know, fake with him as he's a special effects guy. Um, so that that's probably the most intriguing thing for me because – I'm a fan of Mysterio, and so I just can't wait to see. Just like they impressed me with Vulture, I can't wait for them for me to be impressed with Mysterio and how they use Mysterio. Uh, I love the stealth suit. Like everyone was saying, it looks just like the the, the Spider-Man Noir suit, and I love that suit. Um, and it's, this is a nice way of bringing in the costume without, you know, without. I mean, they gave it an explanation and everything, and, and it's just, I just that was so clever of them to bring that Noir suit. And, and, and just call it a self too. I love it. I love it. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I I just can't wait to see everything that I've heard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't wait for this trailer to finally drop because I know uh, they delayed it, and I'm not sure when we'll get it. Hopefully before uh, Into the Spider Verse drops. So probably sometime this week if we're lucky. Um, 
and we could finally see everything, well, at least some of what we're hearing. And I can't wait for the interaction between Nick Fury and Peter. And it sounds like a blast. So I, I just, I'm excited. I, as a Spider-Man fan, I'm, it's a very good time to be a Spider-Man fan. So I can't wait to see this movie. I've heard Absolutely. we could see the trailer as early as Thursday. There you go. Yeah, I was just about to, I was just about to say, Kane, and uh, everyone keep your eyes out. Uh, it appears Jimmy Kimmel and Tom Holland, like, have built, like, a friendship. So I wouldn't be surprised if the trailer drops with Holland being on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, we saw the the suit reveal um, on Jimmy Kimmel from Tom Holland. So I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Jimmy Kimmel got that exclusive trailer, like he usually always does. It's between the, the only uh, good suit, morning. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The only suit you're gonna care. The only suit you're gonna care about seeing is Mysterio's. Trust me. It's, Hell yeah. You're not ready. If you're a fan of Mysterio, you're not ready for what Marvel's done with this suit. I'm telling you, everybody's oh, gonna be pleasantly surprised. I'm just, excited. Yep. Just wait. Hell yeah. Just wait. It's oh, gonna be a lot of fun. Shellhead. <laughs> in the trailer, you, um, uh, you do get uh, a really good look at Mysterio um, from what was said uh, about the trailer. So we we know we'll we'll get our first look when the trailer does drop. Uh, but I, do I want Mysterio. I know. I do want to <laughs> yeah, point out one thing. Yeah, Marvel for not recycling villains. Like, two, yeah, two movies in a row, giving us new villains for us to really get excited about. Absolutely. Sure. Speaking of recycling villains, we are supposed <laughs> to get um, Vulture in this movie. So I am curious, when we get Vulture, is it maybe a scene of Vulture kind of talking to Mysterio about a team-up, or is it an end credit scene that we see the two of them possibly in a cell, at, not obviously in a cell together, but maybe in like the like the them together. Uh, yeah, Come and getting hall. like starting to build the uh, Sinister Six. So just the idea that Kevin oh. Feige is blowing my mind with what he's able to do with Spider-Man and the sick. limited amount of universe that he's able to build with these characters. God bless Kevin Feige. Uh, <laughs> well, this will be three three of the six that we need if we're going to include uh, Matt Gargan. Um, I think I'm pronouncing right. that right. Um, so, yeah. so like there's there's three of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vulture and Mysteria. Uh, oh, that's I right. Am. And we do we have Shocker. So like we could we could already have four of them uh, possibly. So like I mean that would I think that would be enough to even make the third movie. Uh, him in square off against the Sinister Six. Um, that might be rushing it a little bit, but, you know, I mean, if anybody can pull it off, it's uh, it's definitely uh, Kevin Feige. And uh, sure. just quickly, after after seeing what they were able to pull off with uh, Into the Spider-Verse and as many characters as they were able to, like, juggle in that movie, um, I don't think it's a stretch to think that they could, uh, they could fit uh, introducing two more villains into into this, this whole... Uh, uh, universe uh, of characters, and you can go ahead and do the Sinister Six uh, in the third Spider-Man. So, uh, yeah, super, super excited to see where all of this goes. I mean, absolutely. And I will say the idea, like, think about this. Vulture, we got Michael Keaton. Mysterio, we got Jake Gyllenhaal. That, to me, means the Doc Ock, if they decide to go with Doc Ock, might be just, like, a freaking amazing casting. Like, to me, the Scorpion casting fit. It's not that huge of a character. Cool, it's fit. Right. Um, you casted Michael Keaton so Vulture wasn't just laughing stock. And you go with Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio because it's, why not? It's Jake freaking Gyllenhaal. 
Um, so I'm really curious on what the casting of Doc Ock would be because the two biggest castings of uh, Vulture and Mysterio are huge. Where does where does Doc Ock fit? Like, is it in between or is nah, it bro. right up there with the two of those? Absolutely, nah, it be the final go, two. No, 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 no. You can go Doc Ock, but you you don't need to go Doc Ock. You need to go Norman Osborn because. With Tony Stark pretty much probably going to hang it up after Endgame, dude, you got to have uh, Norman Osborn come in and maybe be Green Goblin first, but if not, you have to introduce him and do Dark Avengers. See, Somebody's got to take over. I totally Somebody's agree. I just don't think he has to be the, in the Sinister Six. I would right. use Doc Ock for that, you. yeah, and you right. save him for, for uh, Dark Avengers. But, yeah, I mean, hey, I agree you, with you, Dana. He, he's got to be coming down the pipe. Do you think they can get Daniel Day-Lewis to play Kraven? Will you all shut up? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would, I would that, love to, Dude, if Dan, But see, that's, that's, he's not going to be joking. in the MCU. I'm joking. But <laughs> right. I know, but dude, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you got Daniel Day-Lewis to play Kraven, that would make that movie even better, but you know, they're they're Sony's being so stupid with these properties, man. I'm serious. Like, you you need to you need to have Venom and you need to have Venom and Spider Man together. I mean, Venom has made eight hundred fifty million dollars. Sony, stop with this splitting the universe shit up, man. I mean, could you? I I'm telling you, dude, Tom call, Holland. Dude. If Tom Holland makes a cameo in Venom, sure. that movie makes a billion dollars. It makes a billion dollars if Tom Holland is in that movie for two minutes. I'm serious. Yeah, but, but I think they agree. Like, not their not their <laughs> call um, at the moment. Um, but when they restructure right. the deal, I think uh, with with uh, Disney, um, I think we could definitely see that as a possibility. Which is one of the big reasons why I was totally cool with Venom being PG-13. Um, I, I mean, I thought right. that was uh, if if we're ever going to see these universes collide, I, I think it, it was important to to keep it. It, at least in that same ballpark of rating to where we could see them overlap. Um, and if you've seen Venom, like, it is not um, so dark and serious that it would not work alongside Spider-Man. So I think they did a right. good job of juggling what they would have to do to make a good Venom movie, but also what they would have to do to hopefully incorporate those characters together down the line. Yeah, they balanced well. that. I will say, I will say, Kanan, as far as Norman Osborn... I, I'm fine with you introducing him, but like Nick said before, I am loving Kevin Feige's approach to giving us new villains, villains we've never really seen, whether we've never seen done before or we haven't seen done properly. Um, I so want Craven. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I want Craven so get, bad. <laughs> if we can get Craven, I would prefer that over Norman Osborn as a villain. Like Norman and Osborn, Doc you can introduce. You can introduce Again, as yeah. uh, you can introduce him as maybe the guy who funded the Sinister Six or was behind the creation of it, whatever. But I want to see those other villains get get their shine, and then maybe once you restructure a deal down the line, we get Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. So yeah, but we haven't seen but we haven't seen Green Goblin since two thousand two. It's been a long time, dude. It's not like the Joker and Lex and all them that DC has rehashed. I really right. think that they could introduce him, and I would love to see an MCU Norman Osborn be the Green Goblin. I mean, I think that they would really do it justice. We all would. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's. I think I think it's the perfect time, dude. It's been years since we've had a Green Goblin. I would just caution a slow build. 
I like I would love yeah, to see the introduction of Norman Osborn. I just think a slope like kind of the way that the original Spider Man movie introduced uh Doctor Connors, um, in the first movie and like it was just like building up to him, you know, becoming uh the lizard and then of course, you know, that, that franchise kind of abruptly ended with when Raimi left. Um, and then we never got a Spider-Man 4. But, like, I, it, that's kind of the way that I envision them best utilizing uh, Norman Osborn um, is, a, is a, just seeing him as Norman Osborn and, and take the slow-built approach. But, to, to, again, to what you're saying, I would love to see Norman Osborn um, in, in the third Spider-Man movie. I would have loved to have seen him in the first or the second. Um, I, just, I just think a, a slow build towards him becoming the Green Goblin um, would be more interesting, and you could get um, you could get a little more insight into the character um, and build a relationship uh, between uh, you know both uh, Harry and Peter, and also Norman and Peter over that course of time to make his eventual turn to you know, for lack of a better word, the dark side uh, so much more impactful for the character. Yeah, and I, I, I will say last thing so we can move on. I will as long as it's been since we've seen Green Goblin, it's been even longer for Doc Ock, and we've never seen Craven. So I do prefer for us to get other characters and then gradually bring in Norman Osborn. It's just only fair. Open the world up a little right. bit more. I can't um, wait to find out who bought that building. That's what I want to know. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Who bought Stark Tower? Jesus Christ. Anyway, it could be Fantastic Four, Norman Osborn, but let's move on. Let's talk some Captain Marvel news that we got from Brie Larson leading her panel at this uh, convention over the weekend. Uh, Apparently, we got a report about the scrolls, and that report is the scrolls seem to transform in layers. It does not look like a cosmetic change, but rather their innards are revolving there is clearly pain in the process. So not that much information. Joel and Cannon can kind of fill me in if I'm missing anything on, on the description of that. Um, I, I don't know what, what to make of it. As long as they shapeshift, that's all I care about. I, I don't care if they're in pain. Uh, but I, mean, I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, so I want to go to you first. What are your thoughts? And kind of you can give me maybe even what are your expectations uh, for how you would like the scrolls to be portrayed in Captain Marvel. Did you say Dane? You went to yeah, Dane. 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 Yeah, Dane. Oh, oh sorry. I was, wasn't used to talking like you said. Um, I thought <laughs> you said Joel for some fucking reason, but uh, now that I completely forgot what the hell we were. We're, um, what, what are we talking about? Sorry, I got okay. lost in y'all's like, long, drawn-out conversation that I was trying to participate <laughs> in. My brain's gone. Right. I'll reopen it up. No problem. Um, we got more news about the scrolls from the convention. Uh, apparently, the scrolls seem to transform in layers. It does not look like a cosmetic change, but rather their innards are revolving. There is clearly pain in the process. So, what are your thoughts on the description of the scrolls, and do you have any expectations to what you want to see from the scrolls in Captain Marvel? In Captain Marvel, I would like to see a development of scrolls trying to take their powers to that next level. And with what she's saying about the scrolls, I hope that that means that down the line we'll get the secret invasion scrolls or a super scroll, if you will, now that the Fantastic Four are becoming with it, where they actually start specifically try to like genetically modify themselves to have the superpowers 
of that said person. Like they're changing their biology to match a said superhero to be able to fight them by combining multiple powers like they do in Secret Invasion. So that will be a uh, cool element. I might be looking too much into it. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that they're in pain, well, they're villains, so I'm, am I really supposed to have sympathy for them? You know, they're, they're, they're green guys that have ball chins, you know? Screw them. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dane, listen, I completely agree with you. I can give two shits that they're in pain. Just look good. Uh, <laughs> Joel, what are your thoughts on the description of the scrolls? And quite like I asked, Dane, do you have any expectations to what you would like to see of the scrolls and Captain Marvel? No, I think I agree with Dean. Uh, down the line, I'd love to see the Super Skull in some capacity or their their, their version of the Super Soldier. Um, but, you know, they're them physically in pain while they're changing just means they probably can't just automatically transform on the dot. You know, it might, it might be, take a longer process than we thought. You know, it won't be like one of those, like, uh, mystique uh, shapeshift. It's kind of probably – maybe it's a process because it hurts so much that so you got to – you, you got to do it in the, like hiding in a closet and then transform and go forward from there. But I mean, that, that is interesting. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's a scroll thing uh, and cool. I can't wait to see how they're used and how they utilize. And it's just going to be very interesting to see the scrolls uh, finally on the big screen and um, how it connects to the rest of the Marvel cosmic universe. But you know, that's, that's what I'm more intrigued about. Scrolls are tricky because uh, they're shapeshifters and they kind of make interesting narratives and they can change shit around. And um, But, yeah, aside from that, you know, I, like I said, the, the, the in pain means they just probably can't transform on the, on, the, on the spot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest question about the scrolls is how long they've been here. Like, does this movie take place with them coming for the first time or have scrolls been here before? Um, I think... Because... I think... I think they said Earth was more of like a, a middle ground. I think it's, it's because of the Korean Skull War going on. I think Earth has become just more of a. They probably come. They probably have been here before, but I'm thinking that the Skulls will probably uh, become more, a bigger part of Earth during because of the Captain Marvel movie. So there's a good chance they've been around since the '90s at least. If we're going to go that far. Right. I mean, because I could assume it hurts for them to to transform because they're used to being on their planet. They don't really need to transform. So, like, this might be their first time actually having to use that ability to transform into, um, you know, human beings. Like, maybe that's a different process than trying to right. transform into a Kree or something like that. So, I mean, it makes sense. Right. It's not like some weird idea. It's just a matter of who gives a shit. Um, but, Nick, right. your thoughts on the descriptions of the scrolls <laughs> and your expectations for what you'd like to see from them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact that, you know, it, it's, they're not really, from the description, they're not really able to just, like, transform on command is is right. good as far as, like, plot narrative, because then mm-hmm. it, it, it's like why, like, every time a scroll is about to get caught off guard, why wouldn't they just transform into a human, you know, and so exactly. it, 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 it's smart as far as narrative building, they can't do it just boom like that, um, so, I mean, I like, I like that aspect of it. I think it's it's just smart storytelling on on the writer's part um, to try and like basically um, cut any plot holes at the knees before they're even there. Um, as far as them, you know, being in pain um, through the process, I mean, it, it shit, it makes sense. I mean, if you were to like alter your like appearance of like through whatever you know form that you could, yeah, it would probably hurt a lot. 
um, I would imagine it's just like, you know, it's, um, you know, when you have growing pains when you're a kid, uh, which, which I never did because I'm short and I just kind of grew gradually and never hit like a growth spurt. The doctor said I was going to fucking liar, like never happened. Um, but, uh, but like, I would imagine like it's something like that just times however much because they're actually restructuring like all of their bones and cartilage and everything else to like fit, um, you know, a perfect replica of a human being. Um, but what I'm excited for the, the scrolls just in general, I really hope we get like, and I don't necessarily think we're going to, but I really hope we get some kind of reveal that it like sets up future movies. So the audience knows shit that the, the characters don't. And it's like, this person is a scroll and I have no idea who it would be. Um, because you can, you can really poke holes in any particular character, um, especially any of the like main characters. Um, but like my, my kind of my go-to is Maria Hill just because, you know, I mean, she's not terribly important to everything, but she's important enough. Uh, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe as long as they pick somebody that's significant enough, but doesn't like, like really mess with, Oh, well damn, that that's been a scroll the whole time. Like you don't want to piss off your audience. You don't, you, you know, you don't want to pull a last Jedi. Um, so uh <laughs> so nevertheless, like I that's what I'm really excited for. And and just down the line in general, like I can't wait. I really hope we get, you know, the the like through the super scrolls and everything else is like I don't know what they're called, but like the amnesia scrolls, if you will. Like the, the scrolls that are that are like the people that are scrolls but don't even know they're scrolls. Like, dude, how cool would it be to like play out that kind of um, storyline? Uh, you know, for somebody like for essentially the scrolls to be so ingrained in trying to infiltrate and be- become human that they like make themselves forget that they are even scrolls, and then having a character have to battle with that once they figure out they are a scroll and like where do their allegiances lie? Like, have they been human for so long that they? no longer have allegiance to the scrolls or, you know, do they end up going back to them anyway, because that's really who they are. Um, like that, that's just really interesting and maybe even a little too heady for Marvel to get into, but I don't think so. I think they could really delve into that. Uh, especially like Dane said, with fantastic Four coming and super scrolls and everything else. Like that's something that, uh, would be super fascinating to get into and a little more on like the psychology, um, aspect of things just so Disney can keep exploring new avenues, because I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, and now that you said that, I'm now, uh, my pick for the scroll within the, the Avengers team or the, the hero side has always been Fury. But now I think I'm going to switch to Fury. And I'm not going to get into my, my whole conspiracy theory of what? it, but Fury is now my new pick. Oh, uh, Fury. I'm like, I'm like Fury and Fury. Oh, dude, sure. that would be really, but no, that would be really good. I mean, as far as her disappearing, like be it, like during the during the snap and everything, like hey, yeah, I like it. I'm going like Shuri. It. I'm going Shuri. But uh, Kanan, what are your thoughts on the description of the scrolls? Um, and you know, quite like everyone else, you have the exact same expectations for the super scrolls in the future. Um, or is there something else that you're looking forward to the most? from seeing the scrolls for the first time. 
Well, let me start off by saying that you just pissed off every Shuri fan out there uh, because they love her and they do not want her to be a scroll. So, uh, anyways, well, I mean, um, ahead, as far ahead. as the, <laughs> okay, um, so as far as the scrolls changing, I, to me, this was like some of the best detail that came out of the convention for Captain Marvel because we finally get into, um, you know, what they're about. And and where they're changing isn't cosmetic so much, um, like you said, like Mystique. Um, it is kind of a it's a it's a full body change, and they are the ultimate shapeshifters that they can pass everything. So you're taking an alien body, and you're conforming it to a human form. Um, these have been able to pass blood tests and scans and everything because we know Talos actually infiltrates a government agency. So he would have to go through um, the type of screening and stuff to be able to, you know, change. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be like a lengthy change. So like they probably, I mean, it's going to hurt, but they probably could like duck into a crowd and change, um, you know, rather quickly, you know, but in pain. But um, so I think that's probably going to be something that they'll emphasize the first time they change. It won't be something we'll probably see throughout the movie. Um, Titans has kind of done that with uh, Beast Boy. They've kind of every time he changes, they kind of show him going through the motions, and it looks like that's in pain. So I kind of compare Beast Boy's changing to how the scrolls will change. Only they are not going to stay green, of course. Um, where would I like to see them go? I really just want to find out more about them because I know that um, they they've been on Earth this whole time. You know, like I said, um, the the entire ending to Captain Marvel, I mean, not the, uh, Captain Marvel, the entire ending to Infinity War with Nick Fury is is proof that he knew the Skrulls were here all along, especially with where he sent Ronan, a.k.a. Uh, Hawkeye, to, to infiltrate. And that's going to be, uh, you know, even more, um, you know, of a shock because I'm sure we're going to find out that other people – have been scrolls, you know, the whole time that we didn't really suspect. Because, you know, that's what they do. They'll come in and they'll play along for a long time, and they're just slowly um, building until, you know, they plan their attack. Um, so, like I said, they're the most interesting because I think they're going to be some of the next wave of villains um, in the future, especially once they get the rights um, from Fox because they can do Super Scrolls. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my biggest issue with with the idea of some somewhat of what you said is I don't want a large portion of the characters that we know, and I don't mean I'm not saying that you said large portion, um, but I want it to be a very small portion of the the team that we know, or the people that we know rather, to actually be scrolls, because um, I think it'll it'll the effect of it will hit that much harder. Like to me, if you only made one or two of them scrolls, but they were important, like Shuri is important. Not only to Black Dory, but to but to what she could be uh, with her genius, like how smart she is. Um, so it's not just as simple as like, oh, Shuri, like who would care if she's a scroll? That could really. I'll tell you who's a scroll. Shuri was a scroll. I'll tell you who's a scroll. I'll tell you who's a scroll. Thunderbolt Ross, he's a scroll. He gave Ooh, it away. Interesting. I like and, that. And he gave like, it away. I like that He gave one it away too. in. Yeah, he gave it away in Civil War when he said he had the heart attack. Thunderbolt Ross died, and a scroll took his place. And he came in, and he, he did the Sokovia Accords. He put a leash on the Avengers. What better like way that, to control like the scrolls do? The scrolls come in, and they control things. What better way to put a leash and to control the Avengers 
than to set up those accords. I'm telling you, I I will say Thunderbolt Ross is a scroll. I love, I love that. that too, and I would Especially, say like Shuri or Okoye, um, one of those two, like one of the inner circle of the most powerful nation on earth being a scroll makes a lot of sense too, though. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that Thunderboss, oh, Thunderboss, wow. Uh, the Ross one I love the most, mainly if he makes himself known as a scroll to Banner, because we have not yet seen an interaction between Mark Ruffalo and Raw. That's true. Um, we know that. it's a continue. We know it's a continuation from where um, uh, Edward Norton left off, but we haven't seen mm-hmm. those two come face to face since that that abomination uh, incident. So the idea of Raw getting uh, getting Banner and maybe giving him something that kind of stops him from transforming into the Hulk, and then you see Raw step forward. And he's transforming as he steps into the light, and it's a scroll. And you now have, like, you have Banner, like, first Thanos, now goddamn scrolls? Like, what the hell is going on here? I think <laughs> that would be perfect. That would We're be insane. And Ruffalo, and Ruffalo would give such oh, yeah. a hilarious performance for that to try to go, like, what the hell is going on here? And why do I always have to see these people? Um, I think that'd be just great. Um, <laughs> but before we move into our DC topic, we're going to go to Dane for a word from our sponsor. Man, I'll let's talk about Thunderbolt Ross. He's got a lot more cream in my cannoli, if you understand what I mean. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can embrace your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluetooth.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluetooth.com brings your flesh chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever opportunity arises. Capuche. Let me get back to old Dane real quick. Thank you. Thank you, Dane Corleone. Yeah, yeah, guys. Like, seriously. You know, it, it doesn't have to be so much about, you know, this for any age level that stretches. If you just want to, like, be able to make your, your, your lover happier, be able to last longer, this could be something for you. If for some reason you take any type of med- medication, whether it be blood pressure or, or anything, where that could be an alternative, especially if you might add a couple cocktails or something, this could be for you. Think of it as a natural, like, enhancement full of all the wonderful things. Instead, for your muscles or, or other stuff that you might take, this would be for your, uh, your, your your little buddy down below. So I definitely highly recommend it. I'm going to send it right back over to Dane Carleone. That's Dane Carleone, you stupid piece of shit. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Okay? They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, We've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free. Wait, is that read that right? Free. When you use a special promo code GVN, you just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code GVN for Geek5's Nation to try it free. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them sponsoring the podcast. Now go back to you, Juwan, on the wonderful day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was classic. 
that was classic. Thank you very much, Jane. Uh, and also a huge thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring Geek Vibes Live. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know where to go from there. All right, um, <laughs> let's get into some <laughs> some DC news. Uh, we got uh, we got Amy Adams being very talkative uh, in her, I guess, sit down with Nicole Kidman. I don't know if that's like an interview between those two. Um, but in that conversation, she kind of starts off by saying um, that her time may be done as Lois Lane. Um, and in her own words, she said the DCEU is being revamped. I have no goddamn idea what that means. Kane, um, what are your thoughts on Amy Adams' words of the DCEU being revamped and her time possibly being over with the DC Universe? Amy Adams went missing shortly after this news was released. Um, <laughs> we don't know where she is or her whereabouts, but we're kind of worried about her. Um, I think Hamada might have actually – don't worry about it. It's a horrible situation. We'll be back with updates about the whereabouts of Amy Adams once we find out. Um, either way, yeah, I think this kind of – I'm going to say confirms, but I think it definitely kind of sheds light to the fact that, unfortunately, the Henry Cavill Superman Man of Steel – concept is on hold or at least it's completely out of the picture or they're going to revamp it and try something different with other actors uh we've kind of seen that you know even though we're hearing tremendous stuff about aquaman i'm sure that wonder woman 2 is going to kill it that they're still trying to take away from the continuity that they had chop it up get the things that work at least or what they think work and then kind of redo around it with the possibility for come back together in the future so they can make these Shazam characters. They can make all these other ones, pick a new actor for Batman and have still, you know, what they have with Aquaman and Wonder Woman with their actors that they already have. So that's, that's what I think as far as her, look, I love Amy Adams. I think she's a fantastic actress. I never liked her for Lois Lane. I thought that they could have chose different actresses. And I think the character probably would have been a little bit better to me, you know, and I, I don't think it's as her, as much of an actress, not giving a good performance, I just didn't, she wasn't really believable ever in the role as I would have liked her have been. I think that other people could have done different things because Lois Lane is a very, very important non-superhero character just in DC in general. Um, the amount of power she has by being this prominent force in the media uh, might not be able to, you know, match with Brainiac, but it can cause some stuff with Lex Luthor, say, for instance, I'm more of like a, you know, the city level of Metropolis and even just the U.S. and stuff like that. She can take down things. She's a, she's a good reporter. Um, Amy Adams, I'm more worried about losing Henry Cavill than I am Amy Adams. Uh, Amy Adams is just like Jesse Eisenberg. Those things I'm not really concerned with. If this is the case, I still think it sucks that Henry Cavill's Superman is not going to be, you know, saved and uh, I still think that every time they, re- they release it, they're going to do this movie, they're going to do that movie. We'll, we'll be talking about Plastic Man, I think, to end out. You know, it's still, where the fuck's Superman, where the fuck's Flash? So those are the two questions I'm probably going to keep on having every time they announce a different movie they're making besides those two characters. So whether or not they pick Ezra Miller to play the Flash and they put it on the back burner for a minute and bring it back when they can with a different actor or do the same thing with Superman, it kind of sucks. It just... Obviously, 
Um, I'm assuming that she would be in the know. I don't know why she would let the information out if it's not wanted to be out. And I think this kind of more goes in the direction that that is going to be something in the past and it's not going to be part of the future. Basically, they did Crisis on Infinite Earth and restarted, and now they're doing whatever the fuck they want. This is going to be something completely different. That's what I think. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, especially because Warner Brothers loves this term. In development. I think they use it for everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, they love the term in development. They just use it for everything. Uh, originally, when they were going to do Nightwing, Nightwing's in development. Now it looks like it's not happening. If it does, it won't be anytime soon. So that's just their go-to. So, I mean, Dane, I'm with you. You know how badly I want a Batman movie. Doubt we'll get it anytime soon. Um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on uh, Amy Adams' very unusual timing to choose to um, to to disclose this information. Well, I think she was asked the question and she was honest, and she didn't really tell us anything we don't already know. Uh, it is kind of being revanched. It's being used as a soft reboot. That's the direction they're going. We see it happening slowly but surely. All the news we've gotten, we just don't like the news, but it's, it is what it is. Uh, it seems like that's the direction they're going. Um, I don't like that. I, I love Henry as uh, Superman. I like Amy as Lois. Uh, I want to see them going forward in a sequel. But as of right now, there are no plans for a Superman movie, and that's just kind of where we are at, not where, where we're at at the moment, and it sucks. But hopefully we will get something. Maybe it'll, you know, something will hit, someone will come with a good, you know, idea, and they'll go with it. But as of right now, it just doesn't look like that's the direction they're going. And they're just trying to revitalize with singles and individual movies, and other characters are getting the spotlight, and, Unfortunately, Superman had to suffer. You know, he went through three movies with no sequel. You know, literally three movies with Superman in it, and none of them were his you know, like individual sequels. They rushed into a team movie, and we got what we got. You know, and uh, he suffered. Superman really suffered for a lot of things he couldn't control, and it's not fair to the character that he kind of got stuck in that situation. Um, but here we are. Um, but it sucks. It really does suck. But you never know. Um, things like she said. She said she thinks they're revamping. They are pretty much revamping. I don't think it's a hard revamp as we see. They're using characters from that that series from the Snyder movie. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm just enjoying them as they come at this point. So we'll look forward to the future. Yeah, I, I can't blame you, Joel. She was being honest, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that does kind of put other things into proper perspective. Of like, yeah, maybe those rumors about Henry Cavill really being out are legit, because if they're revamping and you get rid of Lois Lane, like, are there more recastings coming from that movie? Who knows? Uh, but, Cannon, what are your thoughts on Amy Adams' words? Well, I thought it was just weird that they weren't even really talking about that, and she just kind of mentioned it. Like, Nicole Kidman didn't even bring that up. Uh, so, um, I think there's there might be a little level of frustration with some of the, the actors. Um, we know that J.K. Simmons kind of... Um, said the same thing, um, you know, a while back as far as playing Commissioner Gordon. I think just, uh, you know, and as far as revamp goes, I don't know if she's kind of piggybacking off what Gal said in her tweet um, after they changed the uh, date for Wonder Woman. You know, there was kind of that, um, the way that uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I really can't repeat it, uh, but it was kind of the way that Gal phrased it that had everybody thinking that, oh, okay, they really are trying to do something different with um DC, you know, kind of change the way that they're changing things. Uh, we do know that DC is kind of going in a female direction as far as um, 
you know, with Margot Robbie and then the the Birds of Prey film. They've talked about doing a Supergirl film, a Batgirl film. Um, but we know that they, it's not going to be just female-centric universe because they've talked about Blue Beetle. They've uh, Booster Gold still in the works. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I, and like I said, as far as Amy Adams goes, I mean, I'm just kind of almost at the point where I'm like, I don't really expect Ben to come back, and I don't expect Henry to come back. It sucks. Henry Cavill Superman to me. Um, you know, I, I don't really, but there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I love DC and I want to keep going forward with it. Um, you know, hopefully something gets worked out with those, um, with those two, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it has, I mean, I feel like it has to be true or she wouldn't have said it. And she's really not the only one that's kind of mentioned that, um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I think we're all kind of prepared for it. Yeah. I think a lot of these cast members, uh, have a, a middle finger waiting for Warner Brothers at this point. Uh, it's just confusing. You have a bunch of people that want to play these characters, and Warner Brothers is just like, I, I, I don't care. I have other plans. So it's just it's, it's weird. Um, but uh, very quickly, I'm going to go around. Uh, thumbs up and thumbs down on the development of Classic Man. And if you have a casting uh, choice, let me know. Dane, I'll start with you. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the Classic Man movie being in development? I mean, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because it seems a bit different from what they've done in the past. It will be a tone shift from a lot of DC movies. It seems like they're probably going for that, that Deadpool money, if you will, of like having like a character that's kind of – I mean, this, this character is a con man, like a con that gets superpowers to be able to stretch and then becomes a superhero from it because he's trying to become a better person. So um, because of that, I, I've, I've been suggesting Jason Sudeikis. I think that – uh, I've, I've said that ever since. And I would love to see Plastic Man incorporated in the Justice League if they ever go down that route like it was in the Grant Morrison era. Uh, where oh, yeah. So that that would be my idea. And, um, yeah, I, I'm down. I still want to know what the fuck's going on with Superman and uh, The Flash, though. Yeah, amen to that. Nick, thumbs up or thumbs down on Plastic Man being in development? Do you have any idea on who you'd like to see play Plastic Man? Thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be a very uh, interesting movie. I mean, I echo a lot of what Dane said, so I won't uh, repeat it all, but, I mean, I pretty much agree with his thoughts. Uh, and as far as, like, uh, a name, I love Sudeikis. That is that is an amazing cast, and I'm not going to top that. But, uh, but just to throw a different name out there, I think Knoxville. Knoxville could be uh, uh, oh, an interesting yeah. pick uh, for the character, so I, I'm just going to make that be my choice. That's a good one. All right, man, being in development, do you have anyone you'd like to see uh, portray him? Uh, no, I give it a thumbs up. Uh, I know uh, Ben Schwartz wants the job, and I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I do like your, you guys' choices. I'm open to that. He's the funny guy. He was the unofficial eighth man during the 90s for the Justice League, so thumbs up for me. All right, Kanan, thumbs up or thumbs down and your preferable casting choice for Plastic Man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, give it a thumbs up. Um, I'm all for different IPs being made. Um, I think it would be um, a totally different film. It would be fun. Um, I think, uh, as you know, we did an article on it earlier. I think Ben Schwartz, he, he really would like to play it. Um, Jason Sudeikis is a great um, choice. Uh, maybe even Ed Helms. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm going thumbs up, and I'm going and uh no, what's his name? What's the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine? I'm going that guy. That's the guy. Oh, Eddie Sandberg. Yeah, Eddie Sandberg. Yes. 
Andy Samberg, I'm going with, and I'm giving a huge thumbs up just because I just want to keep seeing movies with the DC logo on it. Um, But thank you guys. (laughs) We have had a great show today. Um, Huge shout out to Kanan, Nick, Dane, uh, Joel. You guys were amazing today. We killed it. Uh, Stay tuned, guys. We have so much coming up. Dane has interviewed with the animator from uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We also have interviews with um, Brianna. I can't pronounce her last name, but she played Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. And Mr. Rob Lightfield, the creator creator of Deadpool himself. Thank you, Nick. Um, Stay tuned. We have so many interviews. And make sure you guys go check out Nick's article. Uh, And thank you guys at the same time next week. Peace. Peace. He almost forgot about you, Joel. He almost forgot about you at the end. I said Joel. I said Joel. <laughs> Fuck you, Joel. Oh, man. That's, that's some anger. Jesus. Uh, Jesus, Cannon. So much aggression. 